Investment advisory services are offered through Retirement Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey. Welcome to Gary Shear's Your Money, Your Retirement podcast, the podcast for people who want to keep their money safe, keep it growing, and get the information they need in order to make smart decisions with their money. We're glad you're here, and let's dive into today's episode. This is Gary Shear. Welcome back, everybody. There's an old saying that most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with, nothing is certain but death and taxes. And while the question of spousal survivorship is an uncomfortable topic, it's far too important to put off. No one lives forever. What will happen when you or your partner pass away before the other? In that event, what is your plan for when that inevitability happens? To help you prepare ahead of time, here are some general guidelines for developing and managing a long-term retirement and financial survivorship strategy. This strategy stresses the importance of income continuity or having uninterrupted income streams in place after the first death in a couple. Couples today face the prospect of a long retirement thanks to advances in medicine and technology. These innovations make living to 100 not as difficult as it was in the past. No sweat. These guidelines that we'll talk about can help with planning for the challenges of a potentially decades-long retirement especially when there is a significant age gap between partners. But before starting, consider establishing a relationship with a financial professional if you don't already have one. You may be quite capable of developing a plan yourself, but what I found over the years in the financial services industry that managing money in retirement is actually a lot more challenging than when uh, people are developing and accumulating their nest egg. At a minimum, a financial professional can review your plan, look for shortcomings, provide some alternative ideas, and keep you abreast of changing laws and regulations with respect to your financial picture. That includes planning for federal and state income taxes. You may find they can enhance your existing income plan with their knowledge of the various types of retirement income programs, whether they be Social Security, pensions, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, Roth accounts, annuities, reverse mortgages, and the like. Building a well-defined retirement strategy or a plan will become your master tool for managing the financial affairs of the household through retirement. First step in this process is to get an idea of what might spending look like in retirement. Your best starting budget model is the one you are living now, adjusted year after year over the what we call go-go years typically for people ages 60 to 75, the slow-go years, ages 75 to 90, and the no-go years for people who live a very long time, 90 and above. A plan will help you realistically structure your spending lifestyle within the retirement income and assets you will have. Don't forget about inflation, which will definitely have a long-term impact on the purchasing power of your money. While even economists have trouble predicting what inflation will be in 12 months, Using an annual inflation rate of 2 to 3% in your retirement planning and withdrawal plan is a solid approach. That is in line with recent historical data, and you should consider running different numbers for inflation in your forecasts so you can be ready for a variety of outcomes. In addition to the plan, you'll need to plan and prepare for how the remaining 
or a surviving partner goes forward with enough income to guarantee a continued financially secure retirement. The more you can plan and prepare, the better. Because right after a beloved partner passes away, the surviving spouse or partner will be consumed with grief and the stressful demands to make funeral and burial arrangements. Not only that, they will have to deal with all the necessary paperwork required when someone passes away. And while that is going on, the monthly bills will still be coming in and will still need to be paid. In every household, there's always one person who handles the financial affairs, bills, income and cash flow, portfolios and investments, and taxes. That may be you, or that may be your partner. So you need to have a plan that will work for both parties. Obviously, it's going to be easier for the person that has already been handling most of the financial affairs of the house. It's going to be potentially overwhelming for the surviving spouse who has been saying for years, if he or if she dies first, I'll be up the creek. The objective is to make sure that person isn't up the creek. The first thing you should do is sit down with your partner and work together to make plans for the day one of you passes away. Now, I know this is not glamorous. It's not the fun stuff within financial planning, but it is so critical. And it's important to do when you're not under pressure of an ill or dying loved one. In the beginning of this process, death may seem very far away. So revisiting your plan annually may be fine. I think it's a great idea. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time once the plan is in place. But as you age, it's a good idea to review your plan every six months or so because things do change the older people get. You want to add, delete, or modify things as necessary. Make a master list of everything the surviving spouse will need to keep the ship moving smoothly. Make sure that the list has the following attributes for each item. So if you're listening, you might want to take some notes. First is item name followed by description, and then whether it's a physical, digital, or paper asset, the location of the asset, and access information, whether that be a login and password, a key, perhaps for a property or investment property, or security code. And there's a whole list of things that should be on the master list. Number one here is your 30-year plan spreadsheet. Typically, we look out 30 years when we do plans for people when it comes to uh, income and estate-related matters. You want to have all logins and passwords, all files, both digital and paper, all professionals' contact information. That would be your attorney, tax specialist, financial professional, insurance expert, recent financial statements, recent tax filings, all bank accounts and files, all short-term and long-term assets all short-term and long-term liabilities, all credit cards, debit cards, ATMs, wallets, and other digital money sources, all income streams, all expenses, all filing cabinet information in multiple properties, if that is applicable to you, instructions on how to start the computer and access computer files, relevant financial apps on smartphones, which, of course, would include login and password information, checkbooks, safe deposit box, location of safe, whether it be in a garage, shed, storage locker, etc., plus any keys or security codes. Detailed information about second or third homes, cabins, condos, cars, boats, etc., those keys and security codes. Lock combinations. Anything and everything else you can think of. 
This is a generalized list, but it's a good enough one to help you get started. Assume you make this list on a computer, send a copy of the computer file to each other, print a hard copy of the list, and put it in your 30-year plan file. You'll then want to send a copy to your financial professional and or the attorney you expect to use in the ultimate settlement of your estate. When one partner dies, the surviving partner needs to use the contact information on the master list and immediately inform all sources of revenue that one partner has died. And that means uh, life insurance, your banks, and other financial institutions. You'll also want to confirm the beneficiary status and the amount and continuity of monthly income. And by the way, while you're doing this, you should check the beneficiary status of all of your accounts. One of the biggest mistakes we see in our practice is the incorrect beneficiary, in particular on retirement accounts, and people thinking that their wills and trusts will have instructions for how they want that money to allocate. Beware. The beneficiary designation trumps wills and trusts. You'll need to access uh, many copies of uh, a death certificate or notification of death, and that's generally coordinated with the uh, funeral service in your town. You'll also want to contact all sources of expenses, confirm monthly amounts, and whether or not the expenses are to be paid by check, credit card, or electronically. In all these cases, the surviving partner needs to register themselves as the responsible party on the account to receive all communications. By making this master list, you're really killing two birds with one stone. You're creating your retirement continuity plan for when one dies, and you're laying the groundwork for the eventual liquidation of the estate and the transfer of net proceeds to your beneficiaries after both of you have passed away. With the master list in hand, you should meet with your financial professional to review your list. You'll appreciate the support and expertise of a financial professional when the time comes. What's more, you may be the one in charge of the financial affairs all by yourself. This will make it possible for the financial professional to become effectively your co-pilot as you solo navigate the remainder of your retirement. The financial professional will scrub your list and 30-year plan to come up with things you might not have thought of. Not only that, they can also be there to backstop you should you get confused or overwhelmed with the responsibility. Who knows how long you will live? There are statistical averages. 84 for men, 87 for women. But this is such a personal calculation, which you'll have to estimate based on your health profile today and what you can learn from your parents and siblings. If you live a long life, you'll want to make sure that you have enough money to support you to the end. Generally, we think of couples entering the retirement years at the same time. But what if there's a sizable gap between the partners in age? Your 30-year planning spreadsheet is the master tool you can use to model the staggered income and expenses based on who retired first and who is still working and for how long. Make your best estimates of work longevity and retirement longevity, and then fit your expense budget to the income streams that will come in over your planning horizon. Life insurance is one obvious tool to insure against the loss of a partner. You might consider exploring first-to-die life coverage possibilities with your financial professional and certainly review any existing policies that are in place to make sure that they're up-to-date and doing what you want them to do for you in your situation. Life insurance can be helpful, especially for protecting against the loss of 
the one who is the primary earner in a couple. Oftentimes, that person tends to drive a larger Social Security and pension payment, not to mention possibly larger other retirement account revenue streams. Also, check with your financial professional about other possible strategies at your disposal. Special annuities, bond laddering, or payments from equities may be a few options. The goal is to see what makes the most sense for you that can provide income and that bridges age gaps and longevity. Since we often talk about safe money strategies on this podcast series, it's good to note that annuities are the only financial product capable of generating a guaranteed lifetime income. You want to consider tax mitigation strategies as well. Account withdrawals during retirement from 401ks, 403bs, and IRAs are taxed as ordinary income, and Social Security benefits have their own tax requirements. Your financial professional can help you evaluate the tax implications of your various sources of income and explore ways to generate tax-free income. It's important in retirement to balance growth and safety. Apart from Social Security, your retirement income streams most likely are a blend of one of the following sources. If you're fortunate enough to have a traditional pension, you're lucky. Private annuities, withdrawals from a 401k, 403b, or IRA. Withdrawals from a Roth account, whether it be a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. Mutual funds and stocks. Payments from real estate holdings, business ownership, or other assets. The market value of these assets can vary depending on different economic conditions. But for many of them, the market value is either directly or indirectly pegged to the public stock market. The stock market historically has produced a steady return over a long period of time. But in exchange, the investor has had to accept cyclical periods of price decline and volatility. As the saying goes, the market will go up and down and up and down, but it always goes up more than it goes down. Now, that's easy to say, but depending upon your risk tolerance, your education, your understanding of volatility, it can be emotionally difficult to hold steady during bear markets. Knowing how much of your retirement nest egg to keep in market-driven accounts is complicated. It depends on a number of factors, including how much tolerance you have for volatility in the equity markets, the timing of when you retire, and how much lifespan is left to safely expect a long-term growth rate on your holdings. Once again, your financial professional can help you balance growth versus security in your various income-producing assets over the stages of a 30-year retirement. It's important to accommodate for unplanned expenses and emergencies. Life throws us curveballs when we least expect a major house repair, a lawsuit, a flood or fire that may create a large one-time or recurring bill to pay. You can handle this kind of unexpected punch by slowly building up an emergency reserve that you don't touch, taking a one-time withdrawal or loan from a retirement account, or extracting some equity from your home. Also, you may be able to insure against some risks beyond the normal home, auto, and health insurance coverage most people have. For example, you may want to consider cost-relieving strategies for long-term care, such as long-term care insurance in the event one partner requires a high degree of nursing care and assistance. These are complicated financial choices, so always consult a professional. This isn't something you hope will happen, of course, but you know you have these backup plan options in the event of an unforeseen emergency. For much of our lifetimes, we take for granted that our bodies and minds are healthy every day when we wake up. 
But in retirement, the body ages, just like having an old car, and so does the brain. So there are many things that can happen that can make us lose our capacities to do the physical and mental work that's necessary to enjoy a retirement. Dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, arthritis, and cancer, to name a few. With a couple, one partner can become the caregiver for the other, and together the couple can navigate the course. But what happens when one partner dies and the surviving partner becomes incapable of managing the financial affairs of the household? This is where a financial plan must integrate with a comprehensive estate plan. A comprehensive estate plan could include a living will, health care directive, power of attorney, and plan for the eventual liquidation and transfer of net assets to beneficiaries. Long before anything like this would happen, a couple needs to sit down and talk this all through. What if one of us passes away and the surviving partner starts to lose their cognitive abilities? Who will be that person you trust to manage the financial affairs of the household and to make health care decisions? Your plan must leave that designated person with the legal authority, resources, and directives they need to take care of the remaining partner. While outside the scope of our discussion today, a sample plan might look like this. On the financial side of a 30-year retirement plan with adequate income and assets, a master list, and a financial power of attorney. On the estate side, have consideration for a revocable trust, a will, a financial power of attorney, and a letter to your executor referencing your wishes for your trusts and your other financial and estate documents. And then on the healthcare side, having an advanced directive and durable power of attorney for healthcare. And then a letter to your doctor to go into how to best execute your wishes. Trying to plan for every bend and bump in the road to retirement is almost impossible and really not necessary. That is, as long as your plan has a sufficient amount of financial and strategic backup contingencies to absorb a few shots across the bow when unexpected expenses pop up. There is no need to create your plan all at once, but do start now and work on it every time you do your monthly budget. You'll find that regular planning gives you confidence and confidence gives you peace of mind. And if you aren't already doing so, working with a financial professional can go a long way toward achieving long-term financial confidence. For more information on this very important topic and other financial and estate planning related strategies, please go to our website, GarySheer.com. That's Gary, S-C-H-E-E-R.com. It was great to have you with us for this very important information, and we look forward to having you join us again next time. 